sign up as well. But we'd love to see you in the building. It looks great in here. And I, like I said, I know you can't really see. I wish I could give you a full scan of the room. But just trust me, it's kids heaven in here. And I know they're going to have a great time uh, tomorrow and throughout the whole week. So it's going to be great. But, man, I hope everyone had a great week uh, this past week. I'm excited today to share a new sermon series. So for the next few weeks, we're going to be studying through the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians. One of my favorite writers and favorite characters of the Bible is the Apostle Paul. Outside of Jesus, I think Paul, Apostle Paul is probably my favorite Bible character. I just love Paul. Paul went through a lot, but Paul didn't let that stop him. He kept moving forward no matter if he was snake bitten or stoned or run out of town. He did, it didn't matter. He, was, he knew what his mission was, and he was going to accomplish his mission, and he had so much wisdom in his writings. And, and so I just thought for the next few weeks, we're just going to take the book of Ephesians. We're going to break that down and how it applies to our life. And if you're taking notes today, um, all the notes, again, just to mention this, I know I mention this every Sunday, but all the notes are on our app. So you can download our app. We have it on Google Play or the App Store. Uh, you just search New Life Church of Mobile. You'll see it there in the App Store or the Google Play. You can download that. We have all of our notes uh, from the sermon series there. So you can follow notes. You can go back and look at the notes. Also, we have a podcast. Uh, you can go to Spotify. If you have Spotify, you'll see the podcast on there each and every Monday. Also, it'll be on our app as well. So you can listen to the messages on podcast on the app. So it's a lot of notes. I wanted to give you a lot of little information before we get started. But again, we're starting this new series on, um, on Ephesians. And today's message, if you're taking notes, is entitled, I Am Invited. I Am Invited. Y'all say, I Am Invited. I Am Invited. Has there ever been a party that you wanted to be invited to? Or just something that was going on that was exciting that you just wish, ooh, I'm just looking for an open invitation for someone to invite me to this. Maybe it was in, in, in school where it was the one big party of the year that everybody was going to. And he's like, man, I want to be invited to that party. Or maybe it was a, a dance or maybe it was someone was holding a, a, a watch party or, or something like that. Or you heard a group of friends talking about something and you're just like, you just sitting there waiting. I'm just waiting for them to invite me because that sure sounds like fun. I want to go. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Have you ever been there before where you just like, I'm just waiting on the invite? Or maybe on the flip side of that, sometimes you've been invited to something that you don't want to go to. And you're like, oh, I really... I appreciate the invite, but I really don't want to go. And you're trying to figure out a way, you know, man, that's the day that I do my laundry. So, uh, you know, my, my dog, uh, Ben, he, I have to take him to the vet and um, have to do a few errands. And you're trying to find everything in your power to get out of the invitation. But then they say, oh, don't worry, we'll just wait on you. Oh, well, you see, even after that, I still have, it's just a lot going on. It's just not a really good time. And you're trying to do everything you can to get out of the invitation. But thank God, God is not like that when it comes to invitations. Amen. 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 And I know one of the hardest things to invite people to is weddings. Because weddings, it costs money. And I don't know if y'all realize this yet. If you're watching online, you're in a room, you, you're thinking about getting married. And I'll give you this one piece of advice. Have a budget. Have a budget. Because all a wedding is, is a big party for other people. That's all it is. You're throwing a big party for everybody else to celebrate. Because I think back to tomorrow and, I, tomorrow and I's wedding, and it was like a blur. The only th I didn't even eat at our reception. 
come to think of it, like, I look back, it's like, man, I didn't even, because you just walk around and you talk to people, and it's a great time of celebration, but it was so many people to talk to that I didn't even eat at our celebration, at our, uh, our, at our reception. And so with the invitation, it's like, you have to come up with a list. It's like, okay, so we have a certain uh, a budget. Who can we invite to the reception? And we got married right here in this building. And at the time, we were living in Baton Rouge. So it was really hard trying to select who are we going to invite to our wedding because, I mean, first of all, we thought, who's going to travel to Mobile to come to our wedding from Baton Rouge? But then it, it and so what we came up with was this is like we had an open reception right after the wedding. We had an open reception here at the church. And then after the open reception, we had a private reception. So that kind of helped it where everybody was invited. We still got to celebrate with everybody. But then there was a private reception that we can narrow the list down because, again, we had this thing called a budget and we knew how much we wanted to spend. So in that case, an invitation, we wanted everybody to be invited. But. In the time frame of our money and things like that, we're like, well, we can only select a certain amount of people that can get the invite. But with Jesus, it's not like that. Amen. Thank God Jesus doesn't have a budget. Thank God Jesus doesn't have to say, let me cut down this list because it's too many people and we have to make room that the room only seats 200 so we can only have. No, Jesus is not like that. He's, he extends an open invitation to every single one of us. Amen. Every single one of us. And we're going to look here in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5. And this is Paul writing, as we mentioned before. We're going to read this and then we'll pray. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that God that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may he give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. And this is the key part. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which you have been called. I'm going to read that again. That the eyes of your hearts are enlightened, that you may know what it, what it is the hope to which you have been called, that the heart of your eyes have been enlightened. We're going to stop right there. We're going to pray, but we're going to pick up right there. Lord, I thank you for today. We thank you for your presence. Holy Spirit, have your way. Draw us closer to you and have the eyes of our heart enlightened to which the hope you have called us to today. In Jesus' name, amen. It says the eyes of your heart enlightened. You know, there's certain things in in God that our hearts have to be enlightened to the invitation that is before us. There's certain things that we have, our hearts have to be enlightened to, to realize just the magnitude of what God has for us. And it's an open invitation. And it's just like if you would go out to a restaurant and you would just say, you going out to eat with a friend and you just kind of figure out, well, you know, kind of sometimes you go out to eat with someone or they invite you out to eat. You're like, I don't really know if I'm paying or they're paying. So I don't really know what to order because if I order, then I'm not going to get what I really want. But if they order, then I can get what I really want. And then so you just think like I'll just get a little appetizer or something like that. But then they turn to you and say, hey, whatever it is that you want on the menu, just get it. Get whatever you want. Money is no object. Man, you start ordering stuff you can't even pronounce. <laughs> Give me that Philip McNaught. 
And uh, <laughs> what is the, give me some of that. <laughs> and it's like, you'll start ordering stuff, and you're like, boy, you have no problem ordering whatever it is that you want, because guess what? You're not paying. But that's what the invitation is that God has given us. It's an open invitation, and it says, don't worry about the cost. Don't worry about anything. But it's something that your hearts have to be enlightened to, to say, this is for you to receive. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to, to do anything for it. All you have to do is just be open. And once your heart realizes that, you can partake in whatever it is that you want. It's an open invitation. And reading is five things that God has given us an open invitation for. And I want to, we're going to focus on these things today. We're going to settle here. It's five invitations that God has given us. You're watching online. God has given us five invitations. We're going to dive into these five invitations. And I want you to realize this, that your heart, the eyes of your hearts, let them be enlightened to what God has for us. Amen? That's all today is. I just want our hearts to be enlightened to this invitation, these great invitations that God has for us. The first one is this. God has invited us to salvation. Write that down. God has invited us to salvation. What does this mean? What does this mean God has invited us to salvation? This means that we are invited to not perish. You are invited to not be destroyed. To me, that sounds like some good news right there. That sounds like a good place to shout right there that God has invited us to salvation, meaning that he has called us or invited us to not perish, to not be destroyed forever. You know, this was years ago, years ago. Um, I went to the Potter's house, uh, T.D. Jake's church out in Dallas. I was out in Dallas that summer playing baseball, and um, I was like, man, I, need, I always wanted to go to his church. And I remember I saw online that there was this men's event on a Wednesday night. They were taping a television show, so they had like this local television show that they were, they were filming. And I was like, well, this is a good opportunity to go. Maybe I can meet the bishop on Wednesday. And boy, I was just excited. I was ready. I was like, oh, I'm going to meet the bishop tonight. This is going to be great. And I showed up, and he wasn't there. But that didn't, that didn't stop me. I was like, man, it was still a packed house. And they had this um, television series that I mentioned that they were taping. And one of the men there was an elder in the church. And he was a businessman. And so the whole topic of that night was how to have a godly business. And so they were just giving principles, business principles, on how to have a godly business, and the man that was facilitating the conversation, and he was the main person being interviewed, um, after the service, I just walked up to him, and I was like, how you doing? My name is Mario. I'm new in town, and told him why I was there, and he says, oh, man, it's so great to meet you. Now, look, we're about to go in the back room, and, and won't you come back and share a meal with us? And I'm like, wait, what? And I was like, maybe the bishop is back there. He's just wait. He's just, maybe he didn't want to come out. He's just in the back where all the food is. And I'm like, I would love to come back there. And so I'm walking in the back, and we're going through these back rooms. And I don't know if you've ever been there, but the church is huge. And so we were in this one part of the church, and we're walking back there. I'm like, ooh, I can feel it. I can feel the bishop's anointing there. I'm about to meet the bishop. And uh, he wasn't there. But, <laughs> but the food was amazing. And I remember I sat at that table. And I ate with those men, some of the elders of the church, and I'm like, what an awesome opportunity it was for me. I've never been in this church before, never met these people before, but they welcomed me and invited me to the back. What a great invitation, a picture of what it will be on a million times greater scale that Jesus has given us an invitation to salvation. 
They just offered me to the back to eat some food. Jesus has offered us an invitation for salvation to live forever. When our eyes are enlightened to the fact that you have been invited to salvation, y'all, I'm not talking about a meal at Ruth Chris, even though that's great. We've been called to salvation. God has given us an invitation to salvation that you will live forever. But guess what? Your eyes have to be enlightened to the fact that that's, what, that's the hope that you've been invited to. And so many times we can take for granted just the simple thing of an invitation of salvation. How many times do we, before you, got, before you really got saved for real, for real, because y'all know it's like, yeah, I'm saved, but, I, but now I'm saved for real, for real. Before you got there, how many times did you just give up on God and say, you know what, or not even give up, but you just took for granted the salvation invitation. You say, you know what, there's always next Sunday. There's always next week. There's, there's a, I'm not ready yet. I'm too young. I just want to live a little bit. But no, there's an awesome invitation to salvation. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3, it reads, So what makes you think we can escape if we ignore this great salvation that was first announced by the Lord Jesus himself and then delivered to us by those who heard him speak? What can make us think we can ignore this great salvation? So what does this mean? What makes us think there's another plan? You know, sometimes we feel like, well, I don't want God's plan. There's another plan that I want to follow. Well, how can, if those that heard him speak ignored it, what makes us think that we can ignore it as well? You can't just come up with another plan. This is the only plan. Salvation through Jesus Christ is the only plan. There is no other plan. There is no other salvation plan. So if we ignore his call, what makes us think that there's another call for us to be invited into? We can't ignore his call. Amen? There is no other plan. John 3, 16, verse 17 for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God has called each and every one of us to an invitation to have eternal life. That's salvation. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. When God, when Jesus first came to earth, he didn't come to judge. He came to save. That's this. That's the salvation. But when he comes back, he's coming to judge but what a great moment when he comes back to judge. We say, you know what? I'm called in that number of salvation. I'm called in that number to salvation. And what a great return it will be when we know that we made righteous and we're saved and we received the invitation of salvation. Amen? Amen. Amen. So that's the first invitation. God has invited me to salvation. Keep up with us online. You, you guys still tracking with me? Second thing, this is what God has invited us to. You can write this down. God has invited us to righteousness. God has invited us to righteousness. This means that we have been acquitted of our past. This means that you have been made innocent and made right with God. What not only did God save us, but he says, I will no longer remember your past. How many of us can just be thankful right there that God, you don't remember my past. When the enemy tries to bring up something in your past, God is like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, it's erased from his memory. Even though it might not be erased from yours, it is erased from God's memory. And he's invited us to be called righteous in his sight. Amen. He's invited us to be righteous. So for, for right there, that makes that verse that says, for there is no condemnation for those who love Christ Jesus. To me, that makes so much sense. Why? Because he doesn't remember my past. But the enemy would love to bring up that past against you. Oh, you remember when you did this. Oh, you remember when you said this? 
Oh, you remember how you were living back then? And he always tries to bring that past to condemn you. But when your heart has been enlightened to the fact and the hope that, guess what? I have been invited to righteousness. I have been called to be made innocent. I'm made right. That means no matter what I've walked through, God can forgive me and I can be made right with him? Yes. But your hearts have to be enlightened to the fact that that invitation is for you. Some people feel so, I'm so unworthy. God, there's nothing I can do to ever repay. There's nothing you can do to ever repay. All you have to do is receive it. Your hearts just have to be open to receive the invitation that God has called you righteous. You know, when I was 18 years old, I was driving in Houston, Texas. And I was looking down back then in the days, it was right before cell phones were real popular. So you still had to go to MapQuest and print out the instructions. Y'all remember MapQuest? When you had to print out everything, to, it's like, well, let me print out MapQuest and let me follow my instructions. So I was following the directions on MapQuest that I really wasn't paying attention. And I noticed there was a police officer on the side of the road. I never remember the spot. It was right by Reliance Stadium. And I was driving down there, and I was looking down at my instructions. And then I looked up again, and I was like, oh, I don't see the police officer. And he was right behind me. And he pulled me over for a time of fellowship for speeding. And I just, and I wasn't trying to speed. I really wasn't, but I was just looking down at the paper and he gave me a ticket. And at 18, I really didn't remember a lot of things. And I just forgot about that ticket because first of all, it was in Houston. I don't live in Houston. I live in Baton Rouge. And, and I just forgot about it. I really did. I honestly, I just forgot about it because I don't know. But one day I saw a letter, I received a letter in the mail and it was a um, it was a bench warrant. It said, if you don't pay this ticket, we're going to issue an a, 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 a arrest warrant or whatever it is for your arrest because you didn't pay the speeding ticket. And my heart began to panic. And I'm like, what in the world? <laughs> I'm 18. I'm like, oh, I'm going to jail. That's like, I'm going to have to drop out of college because I, I'm going to jail. And I was so nervous that I was like, maybe I should tell my parents about this about what's going on, but I was so afraid to tell them that, first of all, that I was in Houston because they didn't even know I was there. I was like, what? I can't tell them. I can't tell them. And, I, and so I was like, you know what? Well, maybe if I just call the judge or I call the, the post office, and I, not the post office, the, the courthouse, if I call them and ask them, maybe if I could get another date because I think it was like you have to be there this Monday to, uh, to appear before the judge. And I was like, well, I can't make it Monday. I have class. And so I called, and I was like, hey, is there a way that I can just get another date, a court date, to come? And, and I was like, no, you can't. I was like, but I can't make it. I have class. I was like, well, I'm sorry. If you're not here Monday, we're going to issue the bench warrant. And I was like, oh, man. And then I was like, well, I guess I can't ever go back to Houston again. And that's just, I didn't know what to do. But fast forward years later, I remember I was in Houston again. And I was like, why in the world? This, this, something seems weird. And I got pulled over again. I was like, oh, no. It all came back to me. I was like, I'm going to jail. I know I'm going to jail. And then the cop pulled me over. He ran my plates and my license and everything. And then he came back and he said, okay, you're free to go. And I was like, wait. I just knew I was going to jail. But what I didn't realize is that my mom saw one of the letters, and she paid, she paid the fine for the ticket for me righteousness. I didn't earn anything for that to be found, but guess what? Despite my past, 
despite my actions, I had been made right with the law. And it was something that I didn't even do. But no matter what you've walked through, Jesus is saying this, I have called you righteous. Even though you didn't deserve it, you tried to do everything you could to get out of it. But I have called you righteous. He has called us to wash, to wash us white as snow. All of our sins, all of our faults, all of our unforgiveness, he's called us to be righteous. And in 2 Corinthians verse 5 through 21, it says, He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Christ took on sin so that we didn't have to pay the price for sin. That is an awesome invitation, y'all. An awesome invitation to be made righteous with God. That's the second one. The first one, we have an invitation to salvation. Second one, we have an invitation to be made righteous. The third one is this. God has invited us to relationship. God has invited us to relationship. It would have been enough that God just called us saved and righteous, but he took it a step further and said, I've called you to be in relationship with me. I'm pretty sure everyone in this room and watching online, and you listening back to this podcast, you've heard of Michael Jordan. Pretty sure you've heard of Bill Gates. Pretty sure you can maybe say, state some facts about them and some of their accomplishments and some of the things that they've done. And you can probably quote some of those for both of them. But what if we were to ask Michael Jordan and Bill Gates some facts about you? Would they be able to answer them? First of all, they say, who are you talking about? I don't know this person. But that's the same way it is with Jesus. A lot of people could quote some facts about Jesus. They could say some things that Jesus has even done. But if Jesus were to come back and they would ask Jesus about you, he would say, well, who are they? I don't even know them. What does that mean? That means that they're not in relationship with him. For, Bill, uh, for Michael Jordan or Bill Gates to know something about me, I would have to be in relationship with them. I would have to have communication with them. But sometimes we feel like, oh, I'm in right relationship with Jesus, but he doesn't even know us. We don't even spend any time with them. He doesn't know anything about us because we never open up our mouths to share and dialogue with him. But Jesus has given us the great invitation to be in relationship with him, y'all. The awesome privilege it is to be in relationship with Jesus. Being in relationship with Jesus, it gives you direct access to him at any time you want to speak with him. He's not like a business where he's like, well, call back at business hours, then you can, then one of our associates will be able to help you. No, we have direct access to him at any time of the day. All we have to do is just open up our mouth and say, Jesus, I need you. And he's right there to say, what is it, my child? What's troubling you? What's on your heart? How can I comfort you? How can I protect you? Wow, we have direct access because he's invited us to be in relationship with him. And when you realize that you've been invited to be in a relationship with Jesus, man, you would do everything you can to cherish that, to, 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 to protect that, and to flourish that relationship because that is literally the greatest relationship that you would ever have, that relationship with Jesus. And he's invited each and every one of us, not just me, not just you, but every person that has ever opened their eyes and breathed a breath of, of air on this earth, God has invited them into relationship with Jesus. What a great invitation that is to be in relationship with Jesus. It's nothing like being in a room alone with just you and Jesus. That is one of the greatest moments that I can think of is just being alone with Jesus. Where you could just, sometimes it's not even pouring out your heart. It's just telling them how thankful you are. 
You could just, Lord, I just, I just, I'm so thankful for everything that you've done. And your heart of gratitude begins to, to burst with tears of joy for all that he's done, all that he's saved you from, from all that he's provided for you, for, that he's protected you from. And you could just begin to sing praises and begin to dance and sing songs to him. And, man, I'm telling you, there's no greater feeling. But guess what? You do that because you're in a relationship with him. That's how you have the access and you can do those things is because you're in right relationship with them. But when you don't accept that invitation, it's kind of hard to go forward in Jesus because you're like, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know if you'll hear me because of what I've done. And then that guilt and that condemnation comes on you and you shrink back from his presence. Why? Because you're ashamed of that relationship because of what you've done. But he's given us an open invitation to be in right relationship with him. Amen. 1 John chapter 5, verse 20, it reads, And we know that the Son of God has come, and he has given us understanding so that we can know the true God. And now we live in fellowship with the true God because we live in fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the one, only true God, and he is eternal life. Man, we can live in fellowship with Jesus. All the people that God has called, he's called you to be in relationship with them. Man, that's something to rejoice about right there. Let's just take a moment and just thank the Lord for calling us to be in relationship with him. Lord, I just thank you that you've called us to be in right relationship, to be in fellowship with you. That, Lord, despite all that we've done, you still want to be in relationship with us. You still called us to be righteous, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's the third thing. He's called us to be in relationship with him. The fourth thing, God has invited us to discipleship. He has invited us to discipleship. We've been invited to study and learn from Jesus. When we've been invited to become a pupil of Jesus, there's a big difference between, between being a believer and, and being a disciple. A believer is simply a person that I believe the things that he's done. That doesn't necessarily mean that I study and follow his teachings. But a disciple says, not only do I believe, but I study and I follow the, the teachings of Jesus Christ himself. You know, there are scholars that don't, that don't necessarily profess to be Christians that believe that Jesus existed. Historians will tell you Jesus was a real person. So they will say, yes, we believe in him. But just because you believe doesn't make you a disciple. But what other person on earth is there greater to study than the person of Jesus? He has invited us to study and to learn from him. You know, if there was a panel of Oprah and Jeff Bezos and uh, Bill Gates, if they were to say, hey, we're going to assemble this three-person panel, we want to personally invite you to come study from us. For, for just, We're going to give you three hours. We're going to study, and then we're going to give you all our secrets to wealth and success. We want to, all three of them, we want to pour it into you. Boy, you would do everything you can to try to get to those three people to learn from them, wouldn't you? I know I would. Three of the most successful people to ever live. I, I guarantee you, I want to find out, so what are your keys to, like, what did, what did you do? And, and just to find, and just to study and learn from them. But guess what? The person that created them and says, I'm inviting you to be my disciple. The one that gave him those secrets and all, he has called us to be in relationship with him. And I know a lot of people say, I need a mentor. I need someone to mentor me. And mentors are great. I have a mentor. 
But at the same time, we don't need a mentor if we hadn't opened up the book to see what the one named Jesus has said already. Amen? You know, that there's this, um, if you have on the app, you can download it. It's called The Chosen. It's called The Chosen. It's a great um, story of the Gospels, and it brings it to life in so many, oh, my gosh, it brings the Gospels alive. So if you know anything about the Gospels of the Bible and you watch The Chosen, it just brings it to life in like a way that I have never seen it articulated before. But what it does is it shows you that the ones that have followed Jesus and his teachings, his true disciples, you can truly see them and paint them in a different light. And it just, it just brings it a, just a, a different side of it that you really understand the privilege it is to study from Jesus, to be a mentor of Jesus. Jesus says, blessed are those that hear, not only hear my teachings, but they do them. So when we hear the teachings of Jesus, we don't just hear them, we do them and accept the invitation that he wants us to be his understudy. To be an understudy of Jesus is a great, great privilege. But again, it's one of those things that your heart has to be enlightened to the invitation that he's given you to be his disciple, a disciple of Jesus. We should live our lives in a way that he tells us how to live our lives. It's like, when I've, how do I live my life? By what Jesus tells me to do. So I study scripture, and I study with Jesus because, you know, life is very simple. We just make it complicated because of our own decisions and our own opinions. That's why our life becomes complicated, because we start factoring in, well, this is how I see this situation, and this is how I feel about this, and we start getting to that side, and we start forgetting about what Jesus said, and guess what? Now it's complicated. But when you apply the teachings of Jesus, life becomes very simple. So when he says, if you're, someone slaps you, turn the other cheek, guess what we do? We turn the other cheek. That's not a suggestion. That's what we should do. So he says, don't just pray for those that love you. Pray for your enemies as well. That's not a suggestion. That's a way to live. So when I look and I study the teachings of Jesus, I don't just take a message suggestion. You're like, you know what? That's a good suggestion, Jesus. I'll think about that. No, I immediately apply it to my life and say, I'm going to do what Jesus says because I want to be successful because I, he's called me to discipleship. Yeah. And when you realize that you've been called to discipleship to study and follow Jesus, then guess what? Your life will drastically change. He will give you wisdom to problems that you feel like, how in the world did I get, like, did they ever figure it out? Why? Because you followed his practices. You followed his teachings. And when you begin to apply and say, I want to be a disciple of Jesus, he will begin to speak to you like never before. And one thing that drove Jesus crazy more than anything was the Pharisees. The Pharisees, because their, their teachings were so strict and their teachings, it didn't bear fruit. And he just thought it was ridiculous. It drove him absolutely crazy, the Pharisees. And it drove him so crazy that he said this in Matthew Chapter 11, when he was thinking about the Pharisees and all their, their strict things that they were saying, this is what he said in response to that in Matthew 11, verse 29. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. So back in those days, a yoke I know a lot of times we think about a yoke as like a yoke on an oxen or something like that. But in this instance, in those days, when a person was a disciple of someone, they would say they would, the, the teacher would put a yoke around their neck, pretty much like a, like a not a rope, but just like a, a shawl or, or a scarf or something like that. 
They will put a yoke around their neck to signify that I am a disciple of this teacher. I'm a disciple. And what Jesus was saying is that take the yoke of the Pharisees off and put my yoke on you. Let me teach you. Forget their teachings. Let me follow my teachings because my yoke and my burden is light. Because he knew that the Pharisees, that the yoke that they gave them, it was, he gave them burdens that were too much to bear, that they couldn't do it, and it brought, brought no fruit. And Jesus was like, take off their yokes. Don't follow their teachings. Follow me. Follow my teachings because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus, that's what Jesus, he's invited us to follow his teachings. When you follow Jesus, it's nothing burdensome about his teaching. Oh, I can't be a Christian. It's too hard. It's too many rules. No, it's, it's for your protection. What he's trying to do is teach you how to live according to his word so you can live in protection and you can live in peace. And when we step outside of that, guess what? We take on the yoke of the Pharisees. We take on the yoke of the world. And the world, we follow the world's teachings and the world's customs. And then, guess what? That's when life comes a little more complicated. But when we take off that yoke and put upon his yoke and let him teach us and we follow his teachings, guess what? Not saying life comes easier, but it does come a little bit more peace. Ooh, I have a little bit more rest because I'm following his teachings. That's an awesome invitation, amen? We've been invited to be a disciple. The last thing is this. This is the fifth and final thing. God has invited us to eternal life. God has invited us to eternal life. God has invited us to live with him forever. One day our spirit will go back into the spirit world. Our bodies will stay here on earth, but our spirits will live forever. When Jesus died, when, when the last thing Jesus said was this. When he said, Father, into my hands, I commit my flesh and I commit my spirit. And what he was saying is that I commit my flesh, which is my body, it's going to die. But my spirit is going to live forever, and I commit my spirit into your hands. And our spirit, man, is going to live forever. Your spirit, man, is going to live forever. When we get to heaven, we're going to get our new heavenly bodies, but our spirit, man, is going to continue to live forever. Amen? The spirit world is much, much bigger than this earth and this natural world. And I know a lot of times we put so much stock on our earthly lives that we very seldom think about eternity. Think about God has given us an invitation to live with him forever, for eternity. Eternity is so big, our mind can't even grasp that. However long you've been alive on earth, 10 years, 30 years, 50 years, 80 years, 100 years, it doesn't matter. That is just but a blink when it comes to the scope of eternity. Like, well, you will live forever. How long is forever? It's forever. <laughs> it doesn't end. There is no ending. I know sometimes we watch a good movie, it's like, oh, I wish that movie would never end. Well, guess what? In eternity, life doesn't end. Whether you're with him or you're away from him, it doesn't end. You're going to live forever. And in John chapter 14, verse 20, I'm sorry, John chapter 14, verse 2, it reads, there is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not the case, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. Doesn't that sound like an invitation? Doesn't that sound like an invitation to live with him forever and eternity? Man, Jesus has prepared a place for each and every one of us. We just have to receive the invitation. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 25. Be careful 
that you do not confuse, refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. Talking about Jesus. For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. What is it? What, 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 what will we miss? What, what will we reject? The invitation for salvation. He gives an open invitation to salvation for every single one of us. We have to receive that invitation. Man, don't miss the invitation to eternal salvation because every single thing that you build on earth, it will perish. Everything that you work so hard to build and to, to save and to store, and we should do those things, and I encourage those things. I believe, and we should definitely do those things. But guess what? At the end, it will all burn up in a fervent heat. Everything, do you, that was one of the saddest things to think about is everything you worked so hard to obtain, eventually one day it's going to all be destroyed. But that's not a place to, to mourn. It's a place to rejoice because of what you'll gain in return, eternal life, if you receive it. But it's an open invitation to eternal life. So God has given us an invitation for salvation. Man, he's called us to be made right with him. He's called us to be righteous. He forgot our sins. We made right with him. We can't even remember our past. He's called us to be in relationship with him. I can have full access to God. He's called us to be his disciple. Well, I can study his teachings at any time. I can follow and apply his word. I can receive his yoke, which is easy, and his burden, which is light. And he's called us to receive eternal life. Amen? Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap today. Man, it's an invitation. This first week of Ephesians, he's invited us. It's an invitation. So after reading this, how do we respond? We respond by believing the invitation. All the invitations that God has given us that we just went through, I believe them. I believe in all five of those things, and I believe in the invitation. Not only do I believe it, but I receive each and every one of those things. And the third and final thing, which is, I believe, the most important, is one, the important one is this. I pass it on, meaning that I go out, and everywhere that I go, I tell everyone about these five invitations in hopes that they would believe it and that they would receive it and that they would pass it on to someone else as well. That's the perfect way to respond to this. Believe it, receive it, and pass it on. Just think about how many people you encounter at your workplace, how many people you encounter at the store that need to hear these invitations. All everybody really wants is an invitation. You know, so many people, you hear, they hear you talk about church and they were like, you always talk about church, I just wish you would invite me. They're just waiting on the invitation. We just have to extend the invitation to invite them, y'all. Let's pass it on. Amen? Amen. I'm going to just ask everyone just to bow their head and to close their eyes. And you watching online, you could do the same as well. And, man, we're talking about the invitation. But the key to all of this is the first one that we talked about. It's the invitation to salvation. Salvation is the door that, that gives you access to all the other things that we talked about. So until you receive that invitation of salvation to receive Jesus, then guess what? We still have a little ways to go. But praise God that he has, he's merciful and he's full of grace and he gives us time after time to get it right. So today I want to present another invitation. I'm not going to draw it out because I feel like there's been an open invitation this whole message. 
So I just want to give you an invitation. If you're in the room or you're watching online to receive Christ in your heart, you want to receive that invitation to salvation. I just want you to place your hand over your heart, and I want you to repeat this after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for the invitation of salvation, and I gladly receive it. I thank you, Lord, that you chose me to be saved, that you called me to be a friend of you. And Lord, I pray that I will follow you, not only you, but your teachings, and that I would apply them to be your disciple, to be your friend, to be your servant all the days of my life, that I will inherit eternal life, and that I will pass it on to others, that they will receive eternal life as well. I thank you for what you're doing in my heart and in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Hallelujah. If you in the room and you made that decision to follow Christ in the pew back in front of you, there's a card that you can fill out that says, I made a decision. You could drop it in the, in the bucket during offering time. Also, if you're watching online and you made a decision to follow Christ, uh, you could just drop a comment in the comment section. We'll reach out to you throughout the week just to hear what God did in your heart. Amen. Amen. Well, man, that concludes our first week of Ephesians. I am invited. Man, we encourage you to follow up with us next week. We'll be right back here at 10 o'clock um, in the building. Come join with us. Invite someone. Be with us tomorrow, Monday, We at 9 a.m. from 9 to 12. Kid Camp starts. Again, it's not too late to sign up for Kids Camp. You can go to newlifemobile.org, our website, to register. Uh, like I said, we'll be here from Monday, tomorrow, Monday through Friday, 9 to 12, $25 per child. We'd love to see you here. Man, it's going to be a great time of kids camp. Also, we'll be uh, in prayer this Wednesday, 630. We'd love to see you there. And if you're prepared to give, there's two ways you can do that. You can give online at newlifemobile.org, or you can download our app, and you can give on our app. Man, we love you guys. Hope you this message encouraged you, that you received the invitation today. We love you. We hope to see you Wednesday. Y'all have a great week. Amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give tomorrow a hand clap if she makes her way up. I don't know what I did with my mic, but hey, guys, it's good to see you guys. Well, just really quick to remind you, if you are here and you need to sign up for Kids Camp, you're going to go right over in the back. All of our volunteers that are going to be helping out, we're going to meet Miss Tawana over here immediately after service. All right, guys. Well, this is the, my favorite part of the service. It's offering time. Woo! The Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes things rich, and it adds no sorrow to it. That's one thing that I love so much about serving the Lord is that, guys, he makes stuff so rich, and he has no sorrow to my life because when I follow him, I love that invitation to be a disciple. When I follow him, his yoke is easy, and there's no sorrow to following him. So I'm excited about that. So if you've came prepared to give, why don't you stand to your feet? Or if you have a card or something you want to drop off in the bucket, you can. Let's pray really quick. Father God, I just thank you, Lord, 
that the blessings that you give us, it makes us rich and it adds no sorrow to it. And Father, I thank you that for everyone who's faithful to give, Lord God, you are expanding them. You're giving to them, Lord God, that there's no lack in their lives, Lord God. When at the end of each month, they're going to see that there was always more money, Lord God, that they had than they were playing, planning for. I thank you for it. In your mighty name, I pray. Everybody says amen. All right, guys.